Blog Talk Radio. This is Ginger London. Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. And these shows that we have been doing these past few nights have been the Gotta Get Myself Together uh, Relationship and Life Strategies Virtual Conference 2012. And so right now we're on show number five. And so I want to thank you so much for calling in and tuning in and listening. I really appreciate you being here. Tonight's show is on loving yourself. And so we're going to open up as we have done in the previous nights with a word of prayer. We're going to get right into it. I know this is a Friday night, and I probably you, you may have had a long weekend, so I don't want to keep you long, but I do want to give you some um, really good information to help you if you are um, maybe struggling in this area or building this part of yourself up or this area of your life up. If we're going to get ourselves together, it starts with knowing who we are and loving ourselves and uh, being able to examine ourselves and appreciate who God has created us to be and most importantly to be grateful for the work that he's already that he's already done in us and the work that he's continuing to do in us as he shape our lives for the greatness that he has created us to be. So again, this is loving yourself. You know, and at times, you know, some people hold themselves more accountable than they do others. And they believe that there is a lifelong price that they have to pay for their mistakes, for their sins, or for their uh, offenses that may have occurred in the past. So during this show tonight, I'm going to teach you how to free yourself, how to be free from the bondage of self-rejection, self-hatred, unwillingness, the unwillingness to forgive yourself, and to move forward in 2012 to be the created, unique person that God has created you to be. If we're going to get ourselves together, it starts by knowing who we are and appreciating who God he has created us to be. So let's have a word of prayer and go right into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening. We love you, Lord God. We bless you. We honor you. And, Father, we humbly come before you and we pray, Father God, if there's anything that is in the way of us hearing from you on tonight. We repent of those things right now. We ask you to remove them from our minds, from uh, uh, in, the, in our surroundings, so that we will not be uh, distracted, but that we'll be able to hear and receive from you on tonight. Father, we pray, Father God, that you would do a great work in us or continue to do a great work in us. We know and believe by faith that, Father, we are your workmanship, that you have created us for greatness. And now as we learn to love ourselves, Father God, as you love us or uh, as you have instructed us to do in the word of God, I thank you, Father God, that you hear us and that you will honor this prayer and this time of teaching. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So again on tonight, we're talking about uh, learning to love uh, yourself. And the main scripture that we're going to use, um, or one of the main scriptures that we're going to use, is from Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And it reads, And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and, and thy neighbor as thyself. So if we're actually going to learn uh, 
not only to uh, love ourselves but to love others. Well, let's say in order to love others, we first have to love ourselves. And before we can love ourselves, we have to learn about and know and learn uh, to love God. And the scripture says that thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thy heart. And in order to do that, you have to know your heart. Um, there's a scripture that says, search me, O Lord, you know all about me. You know, and the, the Bible talks about God knows our heart and what's going on on the inside of our hearts. And he knows what we're thinking and what, you know, what we have um, in mind before we even do it. But the, the heart is the seat of where your emotions are. It's where the delicate, most uh, intricate details of your life or housed, or your emotions, or your feelings, are housed in your in your heart. And so, if you love to love God with all your heart, you first have to know what kind of heart you have. You know, you have to know if your heart is stony. You know, do you have a hard heart? You know, do is your uh, do you have a cold heart? Or you know, or do you have a heart of flesh? Meaning, and and when I say a heart of flesh, I mean a place where love grows. Flesh, not uh, in the sense sinning against God, but flesh in the sense of um, something that grows. You know, God tells us in his word that he can take the stones out of our heart and create within us a heart of flesh. It means that's a place where love can grow, a place where your emotions can be controlled and managed, a place where you can reason. You know, a lot of things go, a lot of things take place in your heart. So if you're going to love God with all of your heart, you first have to know what kind of heart you have. And if you have a stony heart, you got to find out what those stones are. And you have to pray that God will remove whatever those stones are, whether it's stones of bitterness, stones of resentment, a stone of hatred, a stone of meanness. Whatever those stones are, you got to pray for God to deliver you and set you free from that. If you have a hard heart, you have to ask God to show you. Remember the other night I said, let a man examine himself. God, open me up and show me who I am. The word of God says um, in Hebrews that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it can get into the inner core of your being and separate everything on the inside of you and get everything straight. And it says that the in the scriptures that the word will not return void, that it will set, it will accomplish exactly what it was set out to accomplish. And so if it is set out to um, uh, weed out and uh, cut out some things on the inside of you, if you let the word of God do exactly what it's supposed to do, then it will actually accomplish what it's set out to accomplish. So you have to find out what type of heart do you have. You know, and if it's a hard heart, God, why am I hard? Am I hard because I'm numb? Have I been hurt so many times? You know, have I been disappointed by people and relationships? You know, have I shut down and I'm refusing? Put Have I put walls up and am, am I refusing to let love in and am I refusing to let love out? Why is my heart hard? Heart. And then whatever God shows you and tells you, then you need to do that so it can go, so you can, your heart can go from being a hard heart to a, a heart of flesh, a heart of love, a godly heart. And so then it says to uh, love the Lord your God with all of your soul, with your entire being. You know, you have to learn to love God with your soul. And it, it is so important because, you know, in, in Romans chapter 12, it tells us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So we don't just love God with our hearts. We love him with our entire being. You know, we worship God with everything that is within us. We worship him with our mind. We worship him with our, with our conversations. We worship, worship him with what we allow to come into our hearing. We worship God with um, uh, uh, 
our entire being, you know, our lives are an act of worship unto God. It's not just one part of us. And so you have to incorporate your entire being in there. And then it says, and with all of your strength, with all of your energies. Remember, I told you what you focus on is where you will send your energy. And then wherever you send your energy, energy, that's what you would master. And so if you're going to um, love God, then you're going to have to love God with all of your strength. You have to put your energy into learning about God and loving God. You can't um, uh, uh, love God with just a part of you because he didn't create you in parts. He created you a whole being. And so you have to put all of your focus on getting to know God so that you can have that experience with God. Because remember I told you on another show that we were created for a love relationship with God, and then we were created for a relationship, a love relationship with one another. And so that's where your intentions come in at. It's when you apply your strength and your energy, your passion, your, you know, your intentional about getting to know God so that you can love him with all of your strength. And then it says with all of your mind. And remember in First uh, Chronicles, it says to worship the Lord, uh, God with, your, with a willing mind. In order for you to love God with your mind, your mind has to be willing to love God. And so you have to have your thought life focused on God. And I'm not saying in a spooky way, uh, because the scripture tells us that if we keep our minds stayed on him, he'll put us in perfect peace. So there is an element of your mind or a focus of your mind that has to be on God. And what that means is every decision I make is godly. It'll be from uh from from the scriptures, the way what I think about life is from a biblical perspective, you know, the way God uh, has taught me to think about life, you know, so you have to allow your mind to become like the mind of Christ. And the, when the scripture says that, uh, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, the mind that was in Christ Jesus was one to do the will of the Father. And so when you worship God with your mind, what you're saying is, God, I I yield myself to do your will. I, whatever you tell me to do, that is what I'm going to do. And so that's how you worship God with uh, or you love God with all of your mind. And so and then it goes on to say, and uh your neighbor as yourself. And so we're gonna be talking about tonight really on that on the part that's about that says uh your neighbor as yourself. And we're gonna focus on as yourself, loving yourself, you know. Um and you'll find if you uh study this, you'll find there are different uh many different um Positions on this, you have some uh, leaders that tell you that there are no scriptures that tells us to love ourselves, you know, um, and that may be true, but love is the foundation of Christianity. The Bible says that God is love, and so we can't love others and not love ourselves because then we will not be functioning in love. So God is not going to want me to love you and then hate myself, or he doesn't want me to love him and hate myself. He wants love to be the foundation of everything that I do. Because the greatest thing of all is love. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. And so we're going to use that scripture. Also, we're going to use uh, the scripture as we talk about who we are in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and who God has created us to be. Romans chapter um, uh, 8 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And so when you're getting to the, if you are struggling with loving yourself, or if you know someone who's struggling with loving uh, themselves, you want to take them to this scripture right here. Because they don't, right now they don't really know 
what it is they need to be praying for and what they need to do and how they need to they have um get themselves together. So the Holy Spirit has to intercede for them until they're in a position or get to the place where they're under some good teaching and they're receiving the right type of teaching so that God can begin to bring some revelation to their lives so they can become the person that God created them to be. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. So if God, if we're God's workmanship and he created us, then God didn't make any junk. God didn't, uh, he did a great work when he created us. And so when we learn to love ourselves, we have to remember that we are the workmanship of God. We've been created by God and we have value. There's something valuable about our lives. And so we shouldn't go around beating ourselves up and um talking down about ourselves and to ourselves and diminishing our value. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people walking around talking about, I'm just a nobody, you know, it's a song, you know, and they repeat it and they say, oh, I'm, I'm just a sinner trying to make it. You're more than a sinner trying to make it. When you became born again, you went from being a sinner to being a saint. And so when you became a saint, you became a child of God. So you're no you know, you're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. You are you and then you go from a saint to a Christian. The names changed in the scripture. So you you are somebody. And so stop walking around saying I'm just nobody all I'm not worthy of anything. I'm no good. You are as valuable as God has created you to be. And so the scripture says that we are his workmanship. We are created uh in Christ Jesus for good works. And uh, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So he knew all about you. He knew had, he, he knew his plans for you before you came to earth. And so that good work is what you need to focus on if you're struggling with self-esteem and you're struggling with your value, the value of how uh, the importance of your life. Remember that you're God's workmanship. You did not create yourself. Uh, you didn't... Um, Breathe life into yourself That God did all of that And so since God made you Then God is responsible for you And he's already said in his scripture That he's there for you That he's going to take care of you He tells you what his thoughts are towards you He tells you how he's going to lead you How he's going to guide you He tells you what to do with your lives uh, And so God doesn't leave us hanging Okay and then in um Philippians 1 and 6, and we've used this for the last couple of nights as well. I, I am sure of this, that he that began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. And that that's the um, English uh, version. But uh, the New King James says that he that began a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Christ. And so, again, God has done a good work in you. And so that's what you're going to have to remember, that God has, has done a good work in you. And that God is love. And so you have to learn to love um, yourself. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Some reasons why people don't love themselves or they struggle uh, with loving themselves. And some of the people who struggle with loving themselves, they really do want to love themselves. It's just, it's just a struggle for them because of maybe some um, past hurts and issues that are going on in, or have gone on in their lives that they haven't been able to actually um Come out of it on their own And and, and obviously they cannot They need the strength of God uh, In order um, to do it To come out on their own So let's look at some of the reasons Why people don't um, love themselves Um, First is uh, self-rejection 
you know, not accepting themselves. Um, people are always beating uh, uh, beating themselves up. You know, they're not happy with the person that with who they are, and so that's uh, self rejection. They not they they don't accept themselves, and they find all sorts of reasons why not to accept themselves, you know. They tell you that they're not smart. They tell you they're not educated. They tell you that they're not pretty. They're not handsome. They're not strong enough. They tell you um, they uh, don't uh, have the right material things. They don't live in the right kind of house or drive the right kind of car. They find all sorts of reasons to reject themselves and to not accept um, themselves um, as the person that God has created them to be. Also, then there's self-hatred. These are the people that hate themselves. They hate, you know, they consider themselves maybe ugly or they consider themselves dumb or clumsy or stupid, you know. And most of the time, these are things that have been said to them in their past, like in the in the in their history of their lives, whether it was as children or maybe uh, teenagers or even possibly some young adults. And even as an adult, if you get connected in the wrong types of relationships you can find yourself succumbing to these types of negative sayings that people may say to you, and then you take them on um, as a belief in your life, and, and then you begin to actually say them. So then that's self, self-hatred. Then there's unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, that's when people continue to hold things against themselves, you know, something like um, uh some type of embarrassment maybe that happens or maybe they sinned in a way and they're just uh, still um, uh, ashamed about what they did or they feel guilty about what they did. And, um, you know, even after they've repented, they still have this uh, 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 type of feeling, this unforgiveness or bitterness toward themselves, not other people towards themselves. You know, once we we repent and ask God for forgiveness, it's done. He's forgiven us. You know, he says he's, he he forgives you not to bring it up again, you know, uh, but sometimes people have a tendency to bring it up to themselves again. You know, they keep reminding themselves of um, what they did, you know, um, uh, the outcome, and you know, uh, they, they start feeling ashamed and guilty and all those things. And so, you know, you have to, for those people, have to get to the place where you learn to forgive yourself. Then some people find it hard to love themselves because they're they're just being hard on themselves. They're always beating themselves up mentally, physically, emotionally, always seeing themselves as worthless or um, uh, uh, trying to reach irrational uh, goals or unattainable goals. They make them so far out there that they can't really um, reach them. And so uh, then they uh, they're hard on themselves because they didn't beat. Well, I shouldn't have been so stupid, or I should have I should have been able to do that, or I should have known better. And you know, so they beat up on themselves. Um, then there's low self esteem. You know, someone is out, they think of themselves as failures, or they don't think they're uh, worthy of love or being loved, or they feel like they can't love others, or you know, they just don't put any value to their to themselves or to their lives. You know, um, they uh, maybe feel ugly again, or they feel stupid. You know, or they feel like they're good for nothing. And again, that can uh, easily come from something in their past. You know. Um, uh, where somebody has said something and done something that they should not have said or done, and it just actually just stayed with them, you know. And so it's just hard to um, sometimes get past uh, those types of feelings, but you can. And so let's now that you know some reasons why people um, uh, don't love themselves, let's let's now move into talking about how you get to the place of loving yourself. You know, first you want to start with being thankful. You know. Um, 
being thankful that God created you and that God is the creator of life. Um, Genesis chapter 1 verse uh, 26 says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon uh, upon the earth. So you were made in the image of God. And so when you... Uh, uh, in order to love yourself, your self-esteem has to be healthy. And so the first thing you want to know about building that self-esteem up is that know that you were created in the image of God. And that's what that scripture just said. So we were created to reflect his glory. You know, we were created to share in His uh, many of his characteristics like, you know, uh, love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, you know, uh, faithfulness, you know. And because of that, because we were created in the image of God, that in itself is enough for us to be thankful for, for and to have a positive uh, uh, view about ourselves and a foundation to begin to love ourselves better. If we're, if you're falling short in that area, to love yourself better, you can build it on that. I didn't create myself. I've been created by God, and I've been created in His image, in the, in the image of God. You're right. So God, um, uh, He. Created you, of course, you have your physical body, but he also gave you a mind. He gave you an intellect so that you can think. So, you know, if you have the ability to think, you have the ability to reason, you, uh, you have the ability uh, to imagine things. So right there, you know that you're not dumb, you're not stupid, you're not worthless. You know, but God gave you a mind that is able to function and is able to uh, think on about some great things. In life, you know, you were created in his image, you know, so uh, you're not ugly, you're not um, uh, uh, dumb or stupid looking or any of that kind of stuff. You reflect the glory of God no matter what you look like. You were created to reflect his glory, his glory. So uh, first you need to be thankful to God that he created you in his image. And then be thankful that God breathed a breath of life into you. You know, Genesis um, chapter 2, verse 7 talks about how God, you know, breathed a breath of life into man and he became a living being. You know, like I said, we didn't create ourselves and we don't give ourselves the breath of life every day. God breathes life into us every day. And so our bodies, if we, if God was to remove his breath of life from us, we would just have lifeless bodies. We would not be here, you know. But God breathed the breath of life, and instantly man became a living being. And so if you really want something to get excited about to help build your self-esteem and help you to love yourself, remember and say to yourself, I have the breath of life from God on the inside of me. And that is something to be excited about. If God loves me enough to breathe his breath, of life into me, then surely I should love myself to appreciate what God has done in creating me. Then also you can um, know that God uh, God uh, sees you as something, as someone who has um, great value. Uh, Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 and 5 says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you 
visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. God made you a little lower than the angels, but he crowned you with glory and honor. And so the psalmist is saying, listen, you put some, God put some careful thought into creating mankind. And so he put some careful thought into, in creating you. He, he knows you so well. The scripture tells us that he knows the number of hairs on your head. You know, so we know that God, that we're very special to God and that he sees us as special. He create, He says that we are special. That um, in Matthew chapter 10, and I'll read that to you, Matthew chapter 10, um, verses 29 through 31, if you're taking notes. And I will tell you what that says in Matthew chapter 10, verses 29. Through 31. And so let's look at that right quick. It says, Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my. I'm sorry, let me go back. I'll jump one. 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? Verse 30. But the very hairs of your head. Are all numbered and thirty one do not fear, therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows, and so God knows all about the sparrows of the earth, and what he's saying to you, I know about them, but to me, you're even more important than them. I know the numbers of hairs on your head, and so if God knows us if God cares for us like that, then we should learn to care for ourselves. You know, we'll never love ourselves the way God loves us, but we can love ourselves the way God intends for us to love ourselves. And so what we need to know is that we're more important than the sparrows. We're so important that God knows every detail about us. And then God knows your name. Psalm 40, uh, verse 17, uh, I'll read that for you, says this. In verse 17, it says, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O God. He said, listen, the Lord thinks upon me. God knows your name. He knows all about you. There's nothing going on in your life that God doesn't know. But God wants you to know that in spite of anything that's going on, you are valuable, and he wants you to love yourself. That's the only way that you're going to be able to love others is if you love your is if you love yourself as well love yourself because God is love. And so let's look, let's turn to if you have your um, Bibles let's turn to Psalm 139 and let's walk through Psalm 139 so you can see how important you are to God and how important it is for you to know who you are and to have the right perception about yourself and to have uh, a solid and, and strong foundation. Um, so that you can know exactly who God created you to be. And we're going to walk through some just, uh, we're going to do verses 1 through 18, and we're going to do them quickly, but we're going to do them um, um, in a way that you can actually understand and um, be able to comprehend what what, it, what what we're saying on tonight. In Psalm 31, 39, I'm sorry, 139, verse 1, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. That's important. God already knows what's going on, on the inside of you. So all of those pains and those hurts and those emotional wounds, that baggage that you're carrying around, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, all of that stuff, 
stuff that you have on the inside of you. The scriptures, the psalmist says, God, you have searched me and you and 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 have known me. That means that God knows everything about you. you. Can't hide anything from God. And so, if you are struggling in the area of self-esteem, then just allow God to just say, God, I'm struggling. I don't love myself the way I should for whatever re- whatever your reasons may be, and allow God to just open yourself up and say, God, search me. Go inside of me and let's let's clear this up. Let's get it where I'm, I'm healthy and I'm I have stability in my life, in my emotion. In verse two, it says, "You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought of far off." So even before you can think something, no matter and no matter how far fetched your thoughts are about yourself, God already knows your thoughts, even if they are far off. God already knows them, but God told you what to do with those far off, those thoughts that are far off. He says, cast out every vain imagination and everything that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. He says that be for you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he already tells you what to do with those thoughts that, that uh, are negative, those thoughts that are that are unhealthy for your emotions, that those thoughts that keep saying to you that you're no good, you're unworthy, you're not good enough. He tells you what to do with those thoughts. Then verse 3 says, you comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. He knows everything about you, everything that you do, all of your ways, including um, your ways of putting yourself down or not loving yourself enough or the negative things that you say at certain times in your life. Verse 4, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you Know it all together. You have hedged me. You have a. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand up on me. No matter what you're going through, and no matter how you feel about yourself, there is a hedge of protection from God around your life. The hand of God is upon your life, and because of that, you can release. All of that negative stuff out of your emotions, because the hand of God is upon you. You don't have to worry about if you're gonna go, you know, you're gonna crumble, you're gonna fall short, or if you're going to um, hit rock bottom. No, it might be a little painful to let some of that, some of those emotional things go, but you can do it because the hand of God is upon you, and you can allow God to change your heart. Um, verse, um, where are we? Okay, verse um, six. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. It is high. I cannot attain it. So we'll never be able to figure out the mind of God. God says in His words, "Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways." And it's, you know what? I don't really want to figure out all of God, the, the the entire mind of God. I just want to understand the mind of God in the Scriptures, and whatever God does and how He does it in my life to better me, then I praise God for it. I'm not going to try to reason. I'm not going to try to um, analyze it and try to figure it all out and get all, cross all the uh, the T's and dot all the I's. I'm going to let God be God and let him do what he needs to do to bring uh, my emotions to a healthy uh, state of being. Also, um, if we uh, go on, it says, um, uh, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Verse 8 if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Eleven, if I say, surely in the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be the light about me. Twelve, indeed the darkness shall not hide from you, beside the ni- but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. 
Number verse 13, for you formed my inner parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. So all of those intricate details, God already knows. He formed your your intricate details in the womb of your mother. So that that heart that you have, you know, before it became hard and before it became cold and bitter, God created you with delicate, intricate parts. The, the part, the core of your being was shaped in your mother's womb. And now that you're an adult and maybe you got some um, unhealthy areas in the in your in the core of your being, but God will never leave us. He can deliver us from it. He can refresh you. He can revive your spirit. He can deliver you from uh, those unhealthy thoughts and those unhealthy feelings that you have about yourself, and he can replace them with his love. You can embrace it, bring it into your life, and it can bring a drastic change to your life. Verse 14 in Psalm 139 says, and we're all familiar with this, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Fifteen, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Verse 17 says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If you should count them, they will be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I, will, I am still with you. Verse 17 says, How precious are your thoughts towards me, O God. How great is the sum of them. That's exciting right there, that the God's thoughts towards you are precious. And they are so uh uh, numerous that you can't even count them And so just knowing that God thinks that much about you Is enough for you to get on the track In loving yourself And say if God loves me like that Then surely I can love myself Because a lot of times when people don't love themselves It's because they you know, Aside from you know, along with all the self, self-hatred The rejection The um, The uh, the, the the angry self-talk and all that kind of stuff, usually in the midst of all of that, people for some reason seem to think that God is not pleased with them or God doesn't love them. And all of that comes from all of that negative garbage that's residing within their spirits because they because of something that has gone on in the past. And they seem to think that God doesn't love them. But God is so um, forgiving that he says that whatever it is that you've done, that he'll put it into the sea of forgetfulness and he'll never bring it up again. That means that he'll never put it in your face and say, see, you did this last time. You know, you did this before. God God wipes that slate clean, and guess what? Because he and puts us on right track because he wants us in, right, in, in, in righteous standing with him. So usually when you're hurting like that, when people are hurting, where they can't love themselves, it's because there's some maybe some unforgiveness because of some past things that they have done in their lives or because of the way they view them lives, their lives because of some past hurts in their lives. So there's usually some unforgiveness. So uh, for a person to begin to uh, love themselves and build their self-esteem, they're going to have to forgive themselves. You know, they're going to have to forgive. That's essential. They're going to have to forgive themselves. You know, um, we're going to make mistakes, uh, we're gonna we 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 may sin or some you know some people have that 
uh, theory that people sin every day. Uh, if you're trying to walk in the righteous in the righteousness of God, you 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 may not sin every day, but at some point you probably will sin doing something. But you don't have to walk around being sin conscious. You know, I'm gonna mess up today. I'm gonna do something wrong today. There has to be a righteousness somewhere. And so you can stand in righteousness. You can go a day or so without um, actually sinning every day. All right. They have to forgive themselves, you know, and um, uh, and they have to practice that forgiveness. They have to say to themselves over and over again, God has forgiven me and I forgive myself and I love myself with the love of God. And they're going to need some help. They're going to have to solicit some help from friends and family members to uh, embrace them, to love on them, to show them love, to teach them about what love is and how to love themselves and how to reach out to others and uh, love others when people are wounded like that and when their self-esteem is so low uh, that like it's, the word of God says that his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. So it has to be intentional teaching to people. So they have to embrace the knowledge about learning how to love themselves and then put it into um, into action. They're going to need, you need a plan of action. And that plan of action is you may need to develop a plan where you do something every day good for yourself. You say, I love you to yourself every day, you know, um, and that's not being conceited or arrogant. That's building your self-esteem up. You know, it's real easy to say it to someone else, but if you're harboring bitterness towards yourself, within yourself, it's going to be hard to say it to yourself. Because even if uh, if you're holding bitterness towards someone else that you know, it's hard for you to show love to that person that you're bitter with, that, you, uh, that you're so angry that you can't stand the sight of them. It's hard to show them love. You, know, you get to that place where you don't want to be around them, don't want to be bothered with them, and all those kinds of things. When that type of bitterness takes root in your life, it's hard to show love to that person that bitterness is towards, even if it is yourself. And so you have to get to the place where you, you take a, make a, have a plan of action where you're going to be um, – taking some steps and doing something um, toward uh, yourself and loving yourself better and saying I love you and doing the the necessary uh, steps to actually do that. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself um, uh, maybe in denial or superficially trying to love yourself. And then, you know, we go off into you know, into the, the spiritual realm that's kind of spooky, like you know, and somebody will say how you're doing, and you say, "Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored," or "Oh, I'm blessed in the Lord," or you know, Jesus knows my heart. You know, all kind of stuff that we say. But if you're struggling in the area of loving yourself, uh, you have to connect with somebody who understands the love of God and who can teach you how to love yourself through, uh, with the love of God being the foundation of um, of uh, you learning to love yourself that's going to be um uh really important uh that you do that and so these are the things that you can do i mean it's it's really uh, it's not simple i'm not going to say it's simple because if if a person is hurting in that area it's not simple it's a struggle it's a step that they have to push themselves to actually um take and walk out and do and so uh it's something that you're going to have to purpose in your life to do and it's something that you're going to have to take a to um to do take a leap of, leap of faith and actually do it and practice it but it can be done and so taking uh, it goes all back to getting yourself together is taking an examination looking at yourself and open yourself and being honest and saying you know I don't I don't I love myself the way that I should you know one time there was a, I had a young lady that was a um 
that I was counseling, and she struggled with that because there was some um, uh, uncomfortable history uh, in her family life. You know, it was just really some bad family situations that have gone had gone on, and now she's an adult and she struggles with loving herself. I mean, she cannot speak good about herself at all. She struggles with believing that God um, uh, wants to um, care for her, that he does care for her, that he sees what she's going through. She, The enemy has messed with her mind so badly that she is almost convinced that she is of no return, that, you know, there's nothing else I can do. I've tried everything. I've read scriptures. I've gone to different churches. I mean, she comes with all kind of excuses. But her conversation says that she, when she talks, you can glean from her conversation that she's not loving God the way the scriptures tell us, and she is not allowing God to love her the way he wants to love her. She's not embracing his love. She chooses to hold on to the negative um, feelings from whatever happened in her family life. You know, um, she refuses uh, She refuses to uh, allow forgiveness to be the foundation where she can actually rebuild her family uh, relationship and then develop good, healthy um, self-esteem. And any time you refuse to release the negative things that are hindering your life, it's, then it's going to eventually um, be like, um, it's going to spread, it's going to grow, it's going to get worse. You know, it's it's important to release it and let it go when you know um, that um, it's getting in the way of you fulfilling your destiny, being who God has called you to be, uh, uh, when it gets in the way of you loving God and appreciating God and, uh, and the things that God is doing for you and have done for you, or if it gets in the way of you understanding how God sees you, then uh, it's going to create a problem. And so you have to get to the place where you can uh, learn to forgive others as well as learning to forgive yourself. You know, you, you're here... Um, uh, there's some teachings that there are no scriptures that talks about forgiving yourself, and there aren't any, but there are scriptures that talk about the principle of forgiveness, the kingdom principle of forgiveness. And so that principle of forgiveness where you forgive others can be applied to your life. The scripture doesn't have to say forgive yourself in order for you to apply the forgiveness, uh, kingdom principle on forgiveness to your life. You know, God, as I said earlier, God doesn't want you um to love others and then not love yourself. He doesn't want you to be excited about what he's doing in other people's lives but yet you're not excited about what he's doing in your life. He doesn't want you to believe that other people are um created for greatness but yet you think your life isn't valuable, that you're worth nothing, that there's no way that God would pick you to do anything. You know, he doesn't want you to uh believe that um someone else can um uh, be healed and emotionally set free, but yet you have to live in depression or you have to, li- you know, uh, live with panic attacks and uh, live with self-doubt all the time. You know, that's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to um, understand what he's done by creating you, and he wants you to be uh in, in a relationship with him so that you can be led by his spirit so that he can show you what he's going to do with your life. You know, um, those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God and the daughters of God. So God wants you to be led by his spirit. And the only way you're going to do that is you have to be able to appreciate who God has created you to be and the life that God wants you to live. 
And so if this is an area where you are struggling, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is get into the Word of God and learn the Scriptures where God, where the Scripture tells us about how God loves us and how much God loves us and uh, and what the Scripture says about love, loving one another, loving each other, you know, um, uh, what to do um with love and, and, and all those kind of things and how we are to do that, that that's going to be important. That's going to be crucial to you learning to love yourself. And so those are the basic things about that. I want to read First um, Corinthians chapter 13 because we all know that. And I want you to, to apply it to your life. Um, we know that we, we when we read this scripture that basically um, we're talking about our relationship with others and um, loving others, and the scripture is telling us what love, um, how to understand love, and what love uh, will, uh, what it will do, what it won't do. But I want you, when I read this passage of scripture, I want you to think about loving yourself. That is what I want you to focus on. And so get everybody else out the picture, and I want you to think about loving yourself. And I want you to hear, to listen and hear, and see if you hear anything in here that maybe you were doing to yourself that was getting in the way of you loving yourself the way God intended for you to love yourself. Verse um chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, "Though I speak with with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal." Now think about that for a minute. You know, you're talking to people, you're meeting people, you're associating with people, but yet you don't have love. So really, it's just a lot of hot air. It's just a lot of talk that you're doing because there's no love coming from your life. That goes back to maybe a hard heart or, you know, a stony heart. You have to know what type of heart that you have because that determines the type of person that you're going to be. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right, verse 2 says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. All right, so it's important. Love is important. It's the foundation of what we experience in this walk. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. You know, you can call yourself a good person. You can go out there and do all kind of things, help the needy, give people money who are hungry, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't love yourself, it's nothing. If you don't have love when you're doing it, it's nothing. But importantly, you can't love your neighbor until you first love yourself. Then verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy and love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. So if you have any of those feelings towards yourself, then it's, then you're not loving yourself correctly. Love is love. Uh, love is not sick and not puffed up, right? Okay then. So that means that you can't be sick in your emotions and say you love yourself, because that's not how that goes. All right. Verse five does not behave rudely. So if we know we're talking about in the scripture towards other people, but even towards yourself, you can't mistreat yourself and then say that you love yourself or that you understand how what it means to love yourself. Love is, does not behave rudely. All right, um, does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. So love thinks no evil. It doesn't do that. 
And so even towards yourself, you can't have evil um, thoughts towards yourself and say you love yourself. You can't do it. It doesn't happen like that. All right? Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. You will never go wrong loving yourself. And I'm talking about with, within um, uh, the spiritual guidelines of the word of God. Not, again, we're not talking about being arrogant, being conceited, and all those kind of things. We're talking about um uh, within the, the parameters of um, what the Word of God says. And so uh, basically that's it for tonight. I just want to focus on that. I want you to think about that. I want you to go back through First Corinthians chapter 13, look at it, look at it, and apply it to your life as it relates to how you see yourself and how you're loving yourself, how you are pouring into, you know, um, how you're using uh, your love towards yourself. Because if you're not using it towards yourself in a healthy way, then you're not loving yourself in a healthy way. So I want you to t- uh, review First um, Corinthians chapter 13 and then also Psalm 139. You know, if you really want God to show you yourself, if you got some things that you need to get out, some some residue that's in there that needs to come out, then Psalm one thirty nine will help you. Read it over and over again. Put yourself into it and say, God, do a work in me, do a work on me. I want to love myself. I don't want to have these horrible negative feelings that I have about myself. I don't want to um uh uh say these things about myself. I don't want to feel this way. I want to be able to appreciate the life that you've created in me and I wanna be able to see my life grow. And, and I want to be able to come, I'll become the person that you created me to be, and I want to walk in that greatness. I want to receive everything that you have for me in 2012 and on, and for years to come. But in 2012, as I get myself together, Lord, I want you to show me how to love myself. And if there's anything that is getting in the way, remove it from me to never return, to never come up again. I Learn to forgive yourself, forgive others, change your self-talk. Change your belief system about yourself, and you can do that in the Word of God. God says um, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts to give you a hope and a future. You know, they're not to harm you, but they're to give you hope and a future. So God is saying, I have, I think good thoughts towards you. And so God, if He breath, breathes His breath of life into your being, then you have the ability to receive what God is thinking towards you, and then you have the ability because he created you in his image. So you have a a mind that is able to function and be uh, creative in itself. And remember I told you, you can uh, go into the recesses of your imagination and see the canvas. On the canvas, you can see things happening in your life. So you can actually see yourself um, in the recesses of your mind, loving yourself more and doing more things for yourself and doing um, uh, greater things. When I say greater, what I mean better things for yourself so that you can appreciate who God has created you to be. Thank God. Have a heart of thankfulness and gratefulness. God, thank you for creating me. Thank you for doing this work in me. Thank you for taking me from being a mean person to a nice person. Thank you for giving me a spirit of peace. Thank you, God, that I'm able to... Um, uh, look at myself in the mirror and be happy with what I see. Thank you that I can speak good things over my own life because I love my life. Thank you, God, that I can take the same love and share it with my neighbors and with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you that I'm able to do 
um, uh, great things with loving myself, with loving you, and with loving myself. So if you're on the phone lines and you have a comment that you want to make, uh, press the number one, and uh, we'll let you come on and make the comment uh, before we close on tonight because I know, again, it's Friday night. I don't want to keep you, but I appreciate you coming on the call. Um, and as you, we do that on tomorrow morning, on Saturday, January the 14th, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., we're going to be talking about saint-to-saint connections, keeping good company. So tomorrow morning um, at 10 a.m., we're going to be talking about saint-to-saint connection, keeping good company. And so I don't want you to miss that. We're going to do it um, kind of mid-morning on Saturday. Again, I know Saturdays and Sundays are Sunday, Saturdays for sure, busy days, might be running a lot of errands and all that. So we're going to uh, do about maybe a 45-minute to an hour show so that I won't have to tie up a lot of your Saturday morning. But we're going to be doing, dealing with keeping good company. You're going to get yourself together in 2012. Remember I told you on a couple of shows already, you're going to have to redefine some relationships. There are some relationships you're going to have to let go. There are some you're going to redefine, and then there are going to be some relationships that you're going to establish you're going to make that connection, that saint-to-saint connection. You're going to establish that relationship. It's going to take off, and you guys are going to go into the hills, you know, doing great things for God and, and accomplishing the goals and the dreams that God has given you for 2012. No man is an island. You're going to need someone to help you. So in order for that to happen, you have to pray for God to to uh, cause divine connections to come into your place. Uh, what's going to make things happen for you this year in 2012 is uh, the right people, the right uh, place, and the right plan. You're going to have all three. You have to have all three of those if you're going to be successful, if you're going to accomplish great things. You're going to be connected to the right people. You're going to have to um, be in the right place because God has some open doors he's going to open. So you got to understand the season you're in and be able to recognize the timing of God and walk through those doors, and then you got to um, have the right plan. That means the right plan of action. And you really want to make sure that you have that because that's going to pre- carry you through. You can see some, you can see the mass manifestation before you get through the summer. If you're connected to the right people and doing the right thing, God will show up long before you get to the summer months. And you'll be able to rejoice even now. Um, right now when you go through this month of getting yourself together, God is going to be speaking to you and showing you things, and you can rejoice even now. God, I rejoice that you're going to connect me to the right people. I'm rejoicing because you're going to give me a plan of action for 2012. I'm going to obey that plan, and I'm going to see everything happen that is supposed to happen according to what you have planned um, for 2012. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on um, tomorrow, Saturday the 14th, and that will end the Kingdom Living series. So we're going to have six radio shows on Kingdom Living, and then on Sunday at 6.30 p.m., we'll start into the um, Kingdom Ministry and King- Kingdom Ministry Business and Success shows. And so we're going to be dealing with how you can be successful in ministry, if, you own a, if you're an entrepreneur, how you can be successful in business, or how you can be successful in your career. Because everybody's not in ministry. Everybody's not um, going to own a business. Most people are on jobs. And so how do you, how can, what, what does it take? Or what is it going to take for 2012 for you to be successful in your career? So on Sunday, that kicks off the Kingdom Business, Kingdom Ministry and Business Series. On uh, the 15th at 6.30, we're going to be talking about it's time to check the vision. 
and we're going to be talking about going back and checking your vision, making sure you have it written down, as it says in Habakkuk 2.3, and then what you need to do to be able to actually evaluate that your vision and make sure you got everything um, okay. And then on Monday, January the 16th at 6.30, we're going to be talking about shift from struggle to success. How do you go from struggling to actually being successful? You know, even sometimes in our careers and our business and ministry, we struggle sometimes because things don't take off like we planned or we don't get them off the ground just right or we don't necessarily have all the help that we need for whatever reason. Maybe we didn't ask for it, you know, and so we struggle. We're trying to make it happen. Well, we're going to talk about how do you go from struggle to success then um, on Tuesday evening at 7, we're going to know your ministry capabilities. And so we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. We're going to be talking about your strengths, your weaknesses. Uh, we're going to be talking about the calling of God. We're going to be talking about how to recognize your purpose, how to recognize your passion for doing, you know, what is your passion for life. So we're going to be talking about that on the 18th, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, we have a special guest. Um his name is Robert Cantero out of Houston, Texas, and he's going to be talking to us about how to start a nonprofit organization. And so if you know somebody uh, who has been talking about that or thinking about that, he's going to give us the basics on how to start a nonprofit organization. A lot of times at the top of the year, people make resolutions, and that's usually one of them. If they've ever thought about doing something, giving something back, doing something for the community, that's what one of the things that they say. Then on um, Thursday, we're going to talk about um, on at, uh, Thursday. This one is going to be an early morning at 9 a.m. We're going to talk about start where you are, use what you have. So whatever God has shown you, there is something that's already in your hand. Remember he asked Moses, what's in your hand? So Moses had a staff. There's something in your hands already that you can use to get going for 2012. And so we're going to talk about that. And then on Friday, we'll, the January the 20th, we'll end the uh, radio shows uh, for this particular virtual conference at 7.30. And it's going to be um, how to how to develop ministry and business teams. And also, we're going to have a potential, uh, tentatively a special guest um, where we're going to be talking about how to start a retail business. And so if you know somebody that um, says, you know, well, I've been wanting to do retail, whatever it is, whether they're going to be uh, selling their own products or if they're going to uh, go to the market and buy products and sell it, we're going to have a special guest that's going to come on who's been in business for years, and she's going to give you uh, great information on how to do it, going to tell you what vendors to go to, you know, how to get it set up, how to market your stuff, how to um, – are promoted if you're going to be, say, like an exhibit a business expo or something, how to get it out there on a, on a um, small budget, but then to make have to bring in great revenues uh, from whatever it is that you're going to be selling. And then on Thursday, January the 21st, it's going to start our telecall series. And so for 12 days, the, t the 12 days left in t January, we're going to have some special telecalls and trainings that's going to take place. We're going to send out an email on um, how you can um, get involved um, with that. And um, for the 12 live calls, uh, we did it at a, a very low fee. It's going to be $25 for the 12 for the 12 calls live. Then you will have an opportunity uh, during the registration process if you want to upgrade where you get the replays of the calls, all of the session notes, and um, you can also listen live. 
uh, it'll be $55 for all 12 of those calls. And we're going to be dealing with um, some intricate things, and we will have it set up for those that upgrade where we will have worksheets and things. So we'll email that to you before the call. You'll come on the call. It's going to be interactive. And so we're going to be dealing with some really important things on getting yourself together um, uh, for 2012. And so it's going to be a little bit more detailed um, on the telecalls and um we're going to have it where it's interactive, so you'll be able to dialogue back and forth, and we're going to have worksheets and all those kinds of things so that you can participate even more. You can participate here on the radio show by coming on the air making a comment. You know, and some people are a little shy about doing that. But for the telecast, we're going to make it where we want you to be interactive. We want it to be interactive. And so we're going to have some worksheets and um, the handouts that go with every call. We're going to have those available. And so you would do that assignment. You can read through it. Um, before you come on the call, and then there'll be some things that you'll fill in actually on the call. And so we wanted to dedicate the whole month of January of getting yourself together. And like I said, normally we do this conference and we do it for two nights and a day, full Saturday. But this year we're going to do it a little differently so people across the country can actually in the comfort of their home actually participate and be a part of it. And so um, keep that in mind, and if you uh, are on the email list, if you registered for the radio shows, we should have your email. In a couple of days, you're going to get the email on uh, about the telecalls, and so make sure that you um, register for those so that we can start getting the information out to you in a timely fashion so that you will have what you need for the first uh, call by January the 21st. So thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Friday evening. I hope you have a great and blessed evening, and I'll see you on uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. when we talk about Saint to Saint Connections, keeping good company. Let's close out with prayer. Father, I thank you for all the people on the call tonight. I bless your name, Lord God. I honor you. I thank you, Father God, that you created us to have a love relationship with you as well as with others. And, Father, I pray that everyone that's on the call, Father God, that if anybody is listening that doesn't love themselves the way that you uh, want us to love ourselves, I pray that you would deliver them from that and replace it with you and allow them to teach them how to embrace your love, Lord God, so they can feel your presence in their lives and then they can begin to strengthen their inner man and grow in your love towards themselves. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate this opportunity, Lord God, to talk to your people during these shows. I'm humbled and I'm honored that you trust me with your word. Now, bless every life that's on the call, Lord God. Give them um, uh a sweet rest of peace on tonight. Let them enjoy their family, their friends, Father God. And even if they are um, alone, give them a spirit of peace while they enjoy the rest of their evenings. evening on tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you in the morning. 